welcome to episode 32 of the Fun of the Run podcast. I'm your host, Michelle, also known as Waddell Running Lady, and I'm so glad that you are here to listen to me talk about running again because I have to talk to it to somebody about it, you know? <laughs> and so I appreciate you being here. I really, really do. Take a quick second here to remind you that you can always reach out to me on Instagram at Waddell Running Lady. And you can also email me. So I have an email that's dedicated strictly to this podcast. And it's called funoftherunpodcast at gmail.com is, is that email. So you can reach me there about anything and everything podcast related. I always love hearing from you, whether that is comments, criticisms, just your thoughts on my most recent episode. I really appreciate hearing from you. So I hope that you will reach out to me either one of those ways. And yeah, I guess that's about it. So let's go ahead and get started. This episode is going to be my recap from the Havelina Hangover 25K, which was a nighttime trail race that I just did this past Saturday night. I'm just still kind of chuckling to myself a little bit because I just posted uh, for Metal Monday on Instagram. And so I went outside really fast and I just kind of like scoped the area out. We all have about an acre out here where I live and I do have a neighbor directly across the street from me. And so I wanted to scope out the area and make sure that none of them were home because I wanted to go out in my front yard and do a Metal Monday photo shoot. <laughs> so I go outside and I'm like looking around and sneaking around because Believe it or not, even though I do take tons of selfies and run with my selfie stick and whatever, I'm very self-conscious about people seeing me take a selfie or seeing me run with a selfie stick or seeing me take a picture of myself at all. I don't even like my family seeing me take a selfie. And so I had to make sure that the neighbors weren't home. And so I was so relieved none of their cars were in the driveway and uh, okay, the coast is clear. And then I just went out and did a bunch of ridiculous pictures. But anyways... My point in telling you that is we have been having trouble with one of our garage doors while my husband has been messing around with, with one of them, well, with both of them. And he's like, yeah, I fixed my garage door opener. It works now. Okay. Well, I don't know what he did or if it's possessed or haunted or something, because when I walked back to my house from, you know, from the front yard photo shoot, his garage door opener opened and I'm like automatically and I looked around and nobody's home except me and my older son. He's in, he, and he's in his room. So he's certainly not opening the garage door. He doesn't have a garage door opener. So I'm looking around like, is my husband suddenly home at 10 AM and there's nobody and there's no one around, but the garage door opener opened. And so then I remembered this morning when my daughter left for school, that same garage door opened and I thought, well, why would she open the garage door? So I thought she probably didn't. So I texted her, I said, did you open the garage door this morning? And she's like, no, that wasn't me. And so I have no idea, but that can't be good to have a garage door that just randomly opens when you walk by. No clue. So yeah, that has nothing to do with the race, does it? Okay. Sorry about that. That was a little just caveat, funny thing that happened. Okay. So Havelina hangover uh, night run is the final event in the insomniac series that air viper running puts on every summer and i've talked about this before but i live in the phoenix area and 
this year we had a record number of days over 110. I can't remember what that number of days was, but it was ridiculous. And even, you know, even before this summer with the record number of days, we have a lot of days that are over 110 and a lot of triple digit temperatures. And so um, Aeroviper running decided to have this series of races where you could run the trails at night. And I have to tell you that it's been amazing. So I just started running trails seriously last fall. I've been running for five years, but most of those five years uh, I've been doing road running and I decided that I wanted to run trails. It's just been calling to me for the last couple of years. Didn't really work out to start doing it until last fall. Since then, I've been absolutely hooked. And I think Havelina Hangover was my seventh Air Viper race. And I am just, I'm in love with the company. All of their events are just run so well. They're seamless and never any issues. I've never had any hiccups on race day or problems picking up my bib or nothing, you know, no mix-ups and, and just, you know, the courses are marked well and they're, everybody's been super supportive. And I just, I cannot recommend Aravipa running highly enough. They just ended up acquiring some races. I want to say in the Northeast part of the United States, like Delaware, uh, New Hampshire, I can't remember exactly which States, and they have races in Colorado as well. So anyways, look up Aravipa running and a lot of people travel for their races. And I think that you will be very happy with what you find. Okay. So this was the last race in the series, Insomniac series. So their first night trail race was in April. And so there's one every month. So April, May, June, July, August, September, and there were six, I believe, and I was able to do four of the six races. So on Saturday night, I had signed up for the 25K. And the reason I chose that distance is it's about 15.5 miles if you want to get technical. And I have been not on not purposely graduating distances. I've already run an ultra marathon in January. Um, so it's not like I was trying to necessarily... I don't know if I'm making sense with this, but they have a lot of different options with these races. You can sign up and get a series pass. You can, some of those series passes step you up in distance so that by the end of the series, you're running your first ultra, or you can seriously just sign up for a pass that has you running like pretty much the same distance every month. I did not sign up for a series pass because I knew I had to miss at least two of the races. And so I wanted to just sign up individually for each race, which is what I did. I signed up for the 25K because I am training for Pass Mountain 50K, which is in, goodness, it's probably like seven weeks now. It's November 11th and today is September 24th. So yeah, it's probably like seven weeks away. And I just thought it would be, that would be a good distance, you know, something that my body could handle. I didn't want to do anything that would push, you know, too much. I'm, I need long runs, you know, to train for past mountain. And so I just thought this just seemed like a good distance. I didn't want to do the 50 K because my goal 50 K is past mountain. So that's kind of where the distance came in for, for this specific race. Hangover happens at McDowell mountain regional park, which is in fountain Hills, Arizona. And if you'll remember back in May, 
I did the Adrenaline 25K. That also took place at McDowell Mountain Regional Park, but completely different trails uh, for the 25K. So the 25K I did in May was actually on some of the same trails that my Ragnar Trail Arizona race will be on. This particular 25K took place on the Pemberton Trail. And so it was a totally different course than, you know, which I was happy to see. It wasn't the same course that I did last time I came out to this park for 25K. So that was exciting. And to get to McDowell Mountain Regional Park from my house is about an hour and five minutes. And so my race started at 5.45 p.m. My husband, Waddell Running Hubs, <laughs> I guess we're going to call him. His name is Dustin, by the way. But he signed up to do the 15K. And he's been gradually working his way up. He started with a 6K. Uh, last time he did 10K. And then he, is, he did 15K Saturday night. So he came with me. And his race didn't start until 6.15, but obviously, you know, um, that's just how it worked out. So we got there, we did bib pickup, same day bib pickup. And I knew that he was going to do the 15K and he was going to have to wait for me. And when I first started thinking about this race and thinking, how long is it going to take me to run, you know, 15 and a half, 16 miles on a trail, I couldn't quite come up with a number. I just kind of pulled six hours out of my hat and thinking that if I could do it in six hours, that would be really good. And I can't remember how long it took me to run the 25 K back in May, but in a sense that almost doesn't matter because it's a different course. So terrain, different terrain on trails can make a difference on how fast or slow that you run. And so I didn't want to necessarily compare my time to that time anyhow. So I just thought, well, I'm going to try to do this in six hours. I don't know if I can. So in my mind, I told him and I thought to myself, I'm going to try to be done by midnight. This race starts at 545. My goal is to be done by midnight. That's what we were thinking. So my husband brought a zero gravity chair that I used to sleep on during my Ragnar races and he's like, I'll just bring a hoodie and I'll bring your chair and I'll just kind of hang out and I'll drink cold brew and I'll talk to people. And, you know, because he was going to finish hours ahead of me. And in fact, I never did check his finish time now that I thought about it. Now that I think about it, it did take him around two hours. You know what? I'm going to look it up right now because the people need to know. So let me see if I can find how long it took him to run 15K. I thought it was going to take him less than two hours, but he was thinking that it would probably be around two hours. So let's see which one of us was right. Let's check this out here. 15K and we've got Dustin Schroff and I'm sure that he finished. Yeah, I see. I was right. It's just, oh my word. He finished in one hour, 43 minutes and 13 seconds. That's 15K. And so his average pace was 1142 a mile, which is a really good pace on the trail. I ended up finishing in five hours, 30 minutes and 13 seconds. So my average pace was 21, 15 per mile, which for me is really good. 
and to hold that pace over the course of almost 16 miles is really good. And so if he finished in 143 or whatever, and I finished in 530, I mean, he had over three and a half hours to wait for me. So he brought a hoodie, he brought the chair, we knew he'd be waiting hours. And I just decided to not let that bother me this time because I didn't really have a choice. He was racing, I was racing, we were driving together. One of us wasn't going to Uber home, that would be stupid. And so he was just going to have to wait hours for me. And I just put that thought out of my mind and thought, I'm not going to even think about it. It's not going to hinder my race because I'm not going to stress about him waiting. He said not to stress about it. So I'm not going to, I'm just going to do my thing and he'll be fine. He's a grown adult. He can entertain himself at the finish area. You know, I'm sure that he'll, he's somebody that likes to talk to everybody. He'll find something to do or he can take a nap, whatever. Right. (laughs) So anyhow, I'm, I'm just jumping way ahead of myself. So we left our house at 3 45 PM, something like that. We got to the venue we were able to park close to the start finish area because I was running the 25 K. So for this race, if you were running the 25, 50 or 75 K, you could park at the start finish. If you were running the shorter distances, the seven K or the 15 K you had to park a few miles away, I think three miles away or so, and then take a shuttle to the start finish area because there was not enough parking for everybody at the start finish area. So because I was running the 25K, we were able to park close. We literally parked right there. I mean, I've never parked closer to another race, I don't think, than this one. So it was awesome. And so we got there a little after five, I think. And no, yeah, I think we got there a little after five. And I met so many people, like, almost as soon as I got out of the car, I saw true coach Lisa and was able to, you know, wish her well on her 50K. She was running 50K that night. Uh, Shortly after that, I saw a couple other of her True Tribe members, um, Rachel and Keisha, and we were able to get a selfie. I looked over and I saw Callie Vinson and I just about like lost it because I was so excited and I was just like completely fangirling over her because I just, I love following her and I love her story and I love how she is so just transparent about everything. And I I just love following her. And so I could not believe that she was there and she was with Scott and which is uh, run Fasta on Instagram. He's a running coach. And I was able to go over there and get a picture with them, which just made my night super exciting. I was able to, Lisa, I think took a selfie with me. And then I saw my coach and Chris Morrison and just met so many people. And Mike came and gave me a hug real fast. He was getting ready to run the 50K. And I just saw so many people and was able to just just get this overwhelming sense of these are my people. It was just such, I can't tell you and describe to you what an amazing feeling. Sorry. Sorry for getting emotional, but I can't tell you how amazing that it was to, to go to a race and feel like I belonged. So many people said hi to me. They did not. I, I, maybe I was distracted because I saw so many of my friends, you know, in real life, some of them for the first time, 
you know, that I've followed on Instagram or they follow me. Some of these I had met before. A lot of them I'd met before in person. And maybe that distracted me and I didn't notice anybody giving me side eye or giving me funny looks because of my skirt or my size. But none of that even occurred to me because I felt so comfortable and I felt so welcomed and I felt such a part of this place. And I felt like this is where I belong. This is, I'm, you know, I'm welcome here. I belong here. And even though I am such an untalented runner, seriously, I am so not on par with all of, all of these people. And, and yet I felt like I was, you know, I felt like I'm part of this too. You know, this, this, this is for me too. And it was just such an amazing feeling that I cannot describe it. I don't know what else to say, but I went into this race knowing that I had the support of all of, all of you too. All, all of you that listen to this show, I know that, that I have your support and the people that follow me on Instagram and, and those that send messages and comments and emails, I knew that I had all of your support, but there was something to going to the venue and actually seeing that. It was just amazing. And, and I can't thank them enough for taking me in. It's just amazing to me. So I visited and then realized I still hadn't gotten my bib yet. Um, I meant to get out of the car and get my bib right away, but I got distracted by seeing friends and taking selfies and meeting Callie and, and Scott and, and different ones and my coach and, and some of her athletes that I had never met before and, and got distracted. And so ended up getting my bib. And then my husband and I went back to the car and I started getting all my gear on because, you know, it was getting closer to the time and that I needed to, you know, to get ready to get in race mode, so to speak. And so put my, I had my orange mud hydration pack with me and I will just tell you what I packed in that just in case that would help anybody else that is maybe similar pace to me. I just went into this race with that six hour mindset, knowing that there was one aid station about halfway through the loop that I was going to be running. I was running a 25 K loop and I knew that there was an aid station at about eight and a half miles. So I, I always overpack, but what I brought with me was my orange mud pack and it has a one and a half liter water bladder in that. I was fearful of running out of water just because of my experience a couple of weeks ago, you know, when I was running in the hottest part of the day and I ran out of water I knew this would be a night race. I knew there'd be an aid station, but I still just kind of nervous about it. So I also brought an additional soft flask that I put in the front pouch of my vest. And that was full of water and, you know, with a noon tablet in it. I also put noon in the water that was in my water bladder. I packed six goo lemon lime gels, and then I packed six glucose energy packets, which they, those are straight liquid. So they don't have that gel consistency. And these ones were fruit punch and they literally just taste like fruit punch. So I'm, for some reason, they're just easier for me to get down, especially as the hours drag by in a race. I can't always stomach 
the goo and the texture, but they work well for me and they don't give me stomach issues. So I still do use goos, but I alternate. So I'll take a goo first and then I'll take a glucose goo and then a glucose. And I typically do that every 35 minutes. And so that's why I brought 12 in my vest so that if I was truly out there for six hours, I would have enough. And so that's what I did. I also brought salt tabs from salt stick. So I have those in a Ziploc in my vest as well. I had a, it's a collapsible little cup. Like, I don't know, it's, it's kind of silicone-y. Um, I can't remember what it's called, but it's a reusable cup and it squishes up and it just fits in a pocket in my vest. And that was because this is a cupless race. And so if you're at an aid station and you want something to drink besides, you know, what's in your vest or your soft flask or whatever, you can just fill this cup up. And so I had that in there. Let's see. I think I had a buff just in case I needed it for something. I always bring one and I think they're good to have. I learned that lesson after Mesquite Canyon half marathon when I busted my head. If I would have had a buff, I could have used that to staunch the flow of blood. What else did I have with me? Let's see. That might be everything in my vest. I also had my 180 waist light and that was around my waist because I knew that it would get dark soon. Oh, and then I had a rechargeable battery for that light vest in my hydration vest pocket as well. So that's what I carried with me during this race. Okay, so I think that's pretty good. Okay, so just a little bit before the race, maybe 15 minutes or so, um, I my coach was there. We were able to chat a little bit, and I told her about my six-hour goal, and she's like, you can do sub-six. She's like, you can do sub-six. And I said, really? And she's like, yes. And, you know, and she said, um, three and a half miles an hour. And I said, okay. And she's like, okay. And I'm like, okay. You know, because three miles an hour would be 20 minute miles. And depending on the terrain, I can do that. I can do less than that. But over the course of a race, I just wasn't sure. And I had never done this trail before. So I just said, okay, that will be my goal sub six. And she's like, yep, you can do it. And so then it was time to line up and I did not line up at the very, very back of the race because to me that was almost like, okay, well, I'm going to just like, you know, making myself be last, so to speak. But I lined up a few people from the back and then when I saw even more people behind me, I did move back a little bit farther. And once we took off, there were probably about three people behind me. And so then, you know, we ran across the starting line at 545. So this course was absolutely beautiful. It was amazing. And the, there were mountains all around. And I shared a reel on Instagram. And you can see some of the some of the beauty of those mountains. I didn't do a, a super amazing job capturing it, but there were just so many colors with the sunset. Just, it was so, so, so hard to not stop and just like film everything and take multiple pictures. I did stop and take multiple pictures, but I could have done so much more. That first hour, hour and a half, um, at least probably the first hour, I I am surprised that I even got the pace that I got because I just, I wanted to stop and take pictures so bad. Before I go any further, I'm just going to, why not? I'm just going to go ahead and tell you what my paces were. 
because maybe this will help somebody that is afraid to go out and run a race because you think you're slow. These are my paces for Havelina Hangover 25K. The first mile, I did 19.04 per mile. The second mile, I did 18.45. Then I did 20.41, I think that was when I, that mile, I think I got lost a little bit and also had to go to the bathroom. 2021, 2152, 2441, 2304, 2238, 2001, and 1801. So there you have it. Okay. <laughs> the paces of a true slow runner. <laughs> That's me. Um, I did try to keep my paces under 20 or at 20 as much as I possibly could because I knew I needed to do that if I was going to make it in under six hours. Um, sometimes I couldn't help it. And I, like I said, I had to go to the bathroom, whatever. Um, but I did the best I could to keep my pace at 20 minute miles. And as you just heard, I did, did that some of the time, but definitely not the whole time through. So when the, the when I crossed the starting line, we had to cross a road and then hit the trail. And there were a couple of people behind me. And I was trying to decide in my mind if I wanted to go ahead and just step aside and let them pass me. So I'm going to just insert this here because I've been thinking about this a lot for the last couple of days since the race and it's been bothering me. And so I just thought I would just throw it out here right now at this point before I finish the rest of the recap. So the two people that were behind me, the three people that were behind me, you know, I was taking pictures. I was walking a lot in this first mile because I was, I was just, I was just overwhelmed by honestly, by how pretty everything was. And I'm kind of like that in a race anyways. Like I get this kind of, I don't know, gratitude that I'm out here and that I'm even able to do this. And I just, it, it does slow me down and I thought, well, maybe I should let them pass me. And so I did, I let them pass me. And, and then I truly was last on the course. When I went into this race, I, I said in my posts on Instagram, I maybe even to my coach, different things. I remember saying that I'm going to be last in this race, that most likely I will be last in this race. Well, by doing what I did, by letting those people pass me, I, I feel like I pretty much cemented myself into last place and that's bothering me a little bit because what, what would have happened if I would have not let them pass me in that sense? And if I would have picked up the pace instead? could I have passed them down the way a little bit? You know, could I, could I have, well, I don't mean could I have passed them, but could I have maintained my pace ahead of them? Could I have passed some of the people that were ahead of me? I don't know, you know, and, and how will I know if I keep 
starting myself at the very back of the pack and ensuring that I'm at the back, if that makes sense. So part of this, what I'm thinking of at this moment is when I did my first ultra back in January, I thought I was last on the course, but I wasn't. True coach Lisa was behind me. I didn't know she was behind me, but she had actually purposely started behind everybody else. Like not just a few feet, but I, I think she must've even started the start line maybe several minutes after everybody or something. I don't know, but she passed me within the first couple of miles. She passed me and she finished a lot ahead of me, a couple of hours, at least ahead of me. And, but she still started last. She was in last place, you know? Um, and I just thought, well, do I have the wrong mindset here? By starting at the, at the last, by making people pass me so that I can be behind them and not feel the stress of having somebody on my heels, am I shortchanging myself by not giving myself a true race experience in that sense of not, of not knowing what it's like to have somebody on my heels and trying to stay ahead of them, if that makes sense. Um, so I'm kind of going back and forth with that. It's kind of bothered me a little bit. Like, did I sabotage myself when I said I'm going to be last? Did I make sure that happened by allowing those few people behind me to pass me? You know, should I have just stayed where I was and tried to stay ahead of them and maybe passed other people ahead of me that were not running very fast? You know, could I have done better than I did? And so that's something that I'm going to have to work through myself in the coming days because I don't want to be last every race. If I am, that's fine. And I, I don't have a problem with last place anymore like I used to. But am I shortchanging myself? Am I selling myself short? You know? And so I've got to kind of, that's what's rolling around in my mind right now is I'm okay with how things turned out Saturday night. I'm okay that I was last. I still beat my goal by 30 minutes. My goal was sub six and I came in at 530. I'm extremely happy with that. And I don't have any regrets about that. I feel like I did really good. I pushed myself. Um, obviously I didn't go all out. You know, it took me five and a half hours to go 15 and a half miles, but, but I did push myself when I needed to. And I did make sure that I came in under that six hour mark. And it wasn't like I was just having a stroll in the park. I was working during this race but it was a training run for me and I was not trying to beat anyone else across the finish line. So make of that what you will, but that's what's going through my mind right now. Those are the things that I'm thinking about. They're kind of bothering me. Okay. So I took a lot of pictures in the first mile and lately I've been trying to have this rule where no more pictures after the first mile um, on training runs. This was a race. So I did it a little bit differently. I did want some pictures at nighttime. I did want some pictures at dusk. And so I, I did take more pictures than, um, you know, than I normally would. And I'm fine with that. But I took a lot of pictures in the first mile. And then I'm like, okay, now I'll get to business. And so I ran without a headlamp or a waist light for probably the first, I would say, almost hour and a half of this race. I probably should have turned my light on a little bit sooner but I was worried about battery life. And also I could still see pretty good 
Um, but it was starting to get a little bit rocky and I thought, okay, it's not worth it. I need to just turn my light on. So I turned my light on at about an hour and a half in and had a podcast going. This podcast was about scary workplace stories. So I think it's called tales from the break room or something like that. And this was truck driver stories. So this was stories about, um, things that truck drivers have seen when they're out driving and not just hokey stuff, but some of this is like, um, some of it was hokey, but some of it was, you know, scary people they encountered or whatever. So it, it was entertaining for a while. It got old after a while, I'll be honest, but that is honestly what I listened to for most of this race and yeah, whatever. So listen to that looked at my feet, looked at my surroundings, checked behind me to see if I could see any headlamps in the distance. And I couldn't for at least the first hour and a half, no headlamps. So I started calculating in my mind, this is a 25 K loop. When can I expect the first 75 K runner to pass me? And I knew that, you know, there would be people doing this loop at least twice before I even finished my first loop. So I knew that the, these other people were going to overtake me. The, the 75 K runners had to do this loop three times and the 50 K runners had to do this loop twice. So I knew that definitely there would be people passing me before I finished my first loop. That didn't happen until two, two ish hours in two two and a half hours in. I saw the first place mail run by me. And the, and the, this race was unique in that I was alone most of the time, which I mean, I honestly did not mind at all, but I just thought it was interesting because so many races, the last race I did, I think it was that just constant people, you know, and they weren't trying to beat me because they were a whole loop ahead of me, <laughs> but I just was constantly getting passed by people and having to step aside this time. I would say total, I was passed by like 20 people and they were all the really super fast people finishing these 75 K and 50 K races before I even got done with my first, with my 25 K loop. And yeah, so it's, it's another one of those things you can get discouraged and think I'm so slow, or you can just be out here knowing you're doing your own thing and you're strong and this is what you came for, you know, and, and, and just be inspired by those people that fly by you. So I was passed pretty close to the finish, maybe a mile or so away by Eve, um, palindrome RNR. And she is a run coach. She's an ultra runner. And I have seen so many of her reels and videos and posts and, and she just flew by me and I was, it was awesome to watch somebody just with that much grace on the trails, you know, I am bumbling along and I don't know. I hope I was running when she passed me, but I don't know because I did, I did this in intervals. I would run and walk as I could through the whole race. I'm here. I am. And I hear Waddell running lady and as she's running by I'm Eve palindrome. And I, and I don't even know if I had time to say hi Eve. I, I hope I did. And then she was gone. She was just flying by. And she told me later, she's like, I hope I wasn't rude. I had just found my groove. 
And here I was almost done, you know, and she's like, I just found my groove. I wasn't trying to be rude. And I was able to, you know, say hi after the race, but just amazing, amazing seeing how she navigated those trails. Amazing to watch. I was passed by, like I said, probably only a total of about 20 people and everyone else, you know, was still working on their, on their loops. And of course, all of the other 25 K finishers were ahead of me. I was the last place for this race for the 25 K. Um, I was, so the, some of the people that passed me, there was, I've got a, some funny stories, but there was a young man and this also was close to the finish. And I don't know, I never got his name, but I think he said good work or something. And I know I am conspicuous because I am in a skirt. And so when I finished this race, uh, I was, I think I'd just gone to the bathroom, you know, just what, whatever your post-race stuff you do. Well, I saw him and he, he congratulated me again and, you know, we fist bumped and he was just so kind. And I'm like, I could not believe that this young man, you know, wanted to take time to talk to me, you know, and we just talked about the course and and the moonlight. And I think this was his first nighttime trail race. So he was telling me how he thought, what he thought about it. And it was just so fun talking to, you know, this young person about it. And, and just, it was great. He wasn't, didn't seem critical of me or thinking I was some old lady, you know, he was just, he was super nice. All right. Let me tell you a funny story. This was about nine miles in to the race. And I came to well, this is a little bit before the funny part, but about nine miles in, I think it was nine miles in, I came to a part of the course that was, yeah, it was nine miles in because I had just passed the aid station at like 8.55 miles. So there were these huge boulders that were sitting, that were on the course and like a lot of sand and dirt and just, and it was flat right here in this spot. And I could not see, I could see one of the race they, they have these orange ribbons that they tie to bushes, trees, whatever, so that you know that you're on the right course. And I saw one of those, but I couldn't see, I think, let's see, did I see one of those? I might have, but then I couldn't see where to go from there. And so next to this boulder on the ground was this little orange flag. And I knew that a lot of the sign said wrong way. And for some reason, this, this wasn't even one of those signs. It was so much smaller than that sign, but I just thought it said wrong way. And so then I'm like, well, then if this is the wrong way, then why is this ribbon hanging over there? And this is where to go. And yet it's the wrong way. And so I remember just turning completely in a circle, like 360 all the way around like, what did I miss? Where did I get, you know, turn around? And it's dark. I mean, this is, um, this is late at night. You know, I don't know what time of night this was, but it was late and pitch black and I could not see which way to go. And so I finally looked a little bit closer at that flag. I kind of bent down a little bit and I looked and felt kind of stupid because the flag did not say wrong way. It said air viper running, which meant this was a course marker and this was the way to go. I felt so stupid, right? So I get back on my way running along. Okay. 
I get a couple of miles down the trail and okay, for some reason, you guys, I don't know what happened, but I had to literally take a potty break 37 times. No, not 37. Um, probably if I'm being completely honest and not exaggerating at all, probably 10 times. And that never happens to me ever during a race. Um, that doesn't happen. And for some reason, I just constantly felt like I had to go to the bathroom. And I think that, I don't know if it was nerve. I'm not sure really what it was, but I would just get to where it's like, I, I have to go, you know? So this happened at about, let's say it's 11 miles in. Okay. So like I said, I, I rarely got passed on this course. I was by myself most of the time, but when I had to go to the bathroom, super bad, there's a headlamp coming up behind me. Like, okay, okay. I'll wait till this person passes. Then I'll turn out my headlamp and I'll step off the trail and I'll go. Right. Okay. I, he passes, it was a man. And I think he said, good job, nice work, whatever passes me by. Right. So I'm like, okay, good. So I, turn off my headlamp. I step off the trail. I get ready to, you know, do my business. And I hear, and I, I start hearing all this muttering and I look up and the headlamp is turning around and running back towards me fast. And I hear something like I hear yelling. So I hop up real quick and I turn my light, I hop, step on the trail again. I turn my light on and he's going, it's, it's the guy that had just passed me and he's going, which way do I go? I don't know which way to go. Do I go straight? Where do I go? And I'm like, I, I don't know straight. Right. And I'm like, uh, yeah, I, I think so. And uh, I, I, don't, I didn't know how would I know where to go? I mean, I, I don't know. And so then he's like, okay. And then he takes off running again. So then I'm like, well, I can't stop now and go to the bathroom. I need to just keep going because if he turns around and doesn't see my light behind him, he might think he's going the wrong way again and turn around and he'll still catch me going to the bathroom. So, so I, I kept going, even though I had to go to the bathroom so bad, I just kept going until he went around a corner and I couldn't see his headlamp anymore. So I thought, okay, it's fine because he's around a corner. So if he doesn't see me, it'll be fine. So I finally was able to go to the bathroom. It was hilarious. And so when I ended up crossing the finish line later and he came up to me and he's like, Hey, I'm the one that, that <laughs> I was yelling on the trail that that was me. And so I told him the whole story about, we fist bumped each other and said, congratulations. And then I told him the whole story about how it was so funny that I had to go to the bathroom. And then he turned around and, and he thought it was funny too. So, but anyways, it was, it was funny. Uh, let's see what else, what else happened? What else happened during this race? I got sick of listening to the trucker stories. They got kind of ridiculous after a while and just like same old, same old. And I just got, it was just, it wasn't like pepping me up, you know, and it was starting to get late. And as it crept closer to, I knew that 11 PM would be, well, I guess let's see. 11 p.m. I knew that I had to get done by like 11:45 or something to beat the um, six-hour mark, right? And so as it crept closer to you know 10:30, 11 o'clock, I needed a little bit of pep, 
And so I turned on my tread, it's called treadmill. It's my treadmill playlist, but it's really just songs I listen to when I'm running. I just throw them all on the same playlist. And I turned that on to switch things up, started listening to that, started run walking, started really pushing, just trying to make this goal before six hours. And, um, which I was, I was definitely on, on, you know, on track for doing that. And I, at one point during the race, maybe 9 45 PM or so I texted my kids to make sure they were fine. I was, I was taking a walk break. So, um, texted them, made sure that everybody was okay. My daughter was out on a date. I wanted to make sure she was fine. And my son was at home with my older son and I wanted to make sure that, you know, he was okay. And everybody was good, which gave me what I needed to concentrate and finish this thing through. And trying to think what else about this course that I can tell you. It was beautiful. It was desert. There were cacti and there were scrubby, thorny bushes. I saw this big tarantula in the light of my waist lamp. And it's like, as soon as my light hit it, it like bunched up to get like almost shriveled up together. And, and then like its legs, like it pulled its legs in and then it dove down this hole in the ground. It was hilarious. It was the first, it was really cool. It was the first tarantula that I've seen out in the wild. And it was amazing to see. I saw a ton of, I, not a ton, but I saw some desert mice and I don't know, some bugs and things, but I didn't see any snakes this time or anything freaky. Um, but honestly, a lot of the times my head was down, making sure I wasn't tripping on rocks. It was a beautiful night. The moon was over halfway and, you know, it was just, it was a beautiful night. There was a lot of moonlight and everything just looked so pretty. And I loved, I just loved it. I love running at night. And I will say that this race was one of the first races that I've had in a long time where I didn't get ha ever have a mental hurdle to overcome. I didn't doubt that I could finish the distance. I knew that this distance was something that I've done so many times, excuse me, not specifically a trail race of this distance, but I, I knew I've done this distance so many times. And, and so the distance itself didn't intimidate me. Um, and I just, I felt, you know, even though my tummy was giving me some issues, like I said, I didn't doubt that I could finish it. And there was just, there was just none of that this time, which, which was really nice for once, you know, it was a nice change from, <laughs> from the other races that I've done where I'm fighting for my life to get to the finish, you know? So it was super nice. I ended up crossing at, right after Eve passed me. Um, we crossed the road and right at that moment, my headlamp went out, my headlamp, my waist light went out and I was like, you've got to be kidding. So I stopped and I turned my flashlight on on my phone. I replaced the battery and that cost me a couple of minutes. And then I was able to get back on the trail. Well, once I crossed that road again and got back on the trail, I'm like, I think I'm probably getting close to the finish line. I've got to get, you know, I've, I've got to be getting there. Aravipa races are notorious for being either short, a little short or, a, or a little long, sometimes a lot long. And so I was really hoping this night that the course wasn't long. I was hoping that if anything, it would be a little bit short, 
And so when we crossed that road, I'm like, okay, we have to be within like a mile. Like we need to be close. And cause that was in my memory. I remember crossing the road pretty early in my race. And so if I'm crossing the road again, I've got to be almost done. Right. And so that just automatically gave me a boost. And sure enough, it wasn't too long, maybe half a mile or something too long until I started seeing a light in the distance and then just kept getting closer and realized that, yes, that is the finish area. And a lot of times, and I'm, I'm guessing that if you run trail races, especially, and I even notice this too, you see that finish area or you hear that finish area and it looks like it's so close, but you've got like 37,000 miles of trail to wind through before you ever get there. At least that's what it seems like. And so I was like, I did not let myself hope because I've just too many times I see it and I've got to go the complete opposite way or something, you know, before I get back to that finish area. But it actually was as close as it looked. And before long, I was I was crossing the finish line of another trail race. And it was amazing. And my friend Candace was working the aid station. She was cheering for me. I didn't hear her at the time because I was just trying to get across the finish line. But I found out later that she filmed me running in and running across the finish line, which was amazing. Thank you, Candace, for filming that. My husband was cheering me on and and it was just another great race experience. After I crossed the finish line, I was able to go to the bathroom and um, sweaty hug some friends that were there waiting for other runners to come through and talk to the man about the, you know, the man that got lost and, and, you know, turn around with his headlamp. And I was able to talk to him and a couple of other runners and talk to just random people and get my medal and get some food from the aid station. I got a grilled cheese, a quesadilla, three pieces of watermelon and stuff like that. And then when I unloaded everything in my car, my pack and all that, Chris Morrison came through the finish line and I was able to talk to him and get a picture with him after he finished his, his 50 K. And that was a training run for his 50 miler that he's doing next month. I think it's called man against horse or something. I, I don't know. I, hope I don't have the name wrong, but this was just a training run for him. And I just told him, I said, I just always think it's so funny, Chris, how you run like twice the miles that I do in like the same amount of time. And he's like, yeah, this was just a training run. <laughs> I took it easy. And I'm like, oh yeah, thanks. Thanks for that. Thanks for that um, boost of whatever confidence, you know? <laughs> and so but yeah, I mean, that's great. He's, he's great. And so it was a lot of fun. My husband and I got some more pictures together. We just kind of chilled a little bit. And then I told him I need coffee. I need something, you know, I need something icy cold. Let's go get something cold. And, and so we left and found, um, I got a Frappuccino coffee from the gas station and a bottle of really cold ice water and ate my grilled cheese on the way home and just we talked about how much fun it was it was it was an awesome experience so i want to just give a huge shout out to aravipa running because i your races are the best and i always feel um i just know everything is going to come off great and so i appreciate being part of of that 
community and it was really a great experience. I hope that something in this episode resonated with you. I hope that it was entertaining in some way. I hope that it encourages you to run a trail race or even a nighttime trail race sometime in the future if that's something that you're interested in doing. I can't recommend it enough. So much fun and just running under the moon and the stars is it's just unlike anything else. Trust me. Thank you again for being here for episode 32. I appreciate you all listening to me blather about my experiences. You make my day. I appreciate your comments. I appreciate your um, messages on Instagram. I appreciate your emails that you send. Keep those coming because they just, they just mean everything to me. And again, the way that you can get hold of me is at fun of the run podcast at gmail.com. That's a, an email account specifically for this podcast and nothing else. I'm the only one that reads those emails. And you can also direct message me on Instagram at Waddell Running Lady. That's W-A-D-D-E-L-L Running Lady. And that's on Instagram. Let me know what you think about today's episode. I'd love to hear from you. And as always, thank you for listening. And I hope that you will join me next time.